everyone. In this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we are doing a two-week job review because it's been two weeks since I ceased to be curator of the Cody Firearms Museum and am living that retirement life as curator emerita and senior firearms scholar. But somehow I'm back in Cody and uh, we want to check in with Danny and see how he's doing. And uh, based on the conversation before this intro, I'm thinking not so good. So uh, I, I also wanted to point out one other thing. Have you ever noticed that when you do the intro, you say Ashley and Danny, and when I do the intro, I say Danny and Ashley? I feel like that proves that we're just truly selfless individuals. Yes, we are selfless and humble and really great at this. So Yeah, we're so good. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like, you're more interesting. So like, what's it like? I gave you the keys to the castle and... Is it everything you ever dreamed it would be? Um, it's, there is a dream. It, I can't tell if it's good or bad or what, or if it's <laughs> over. Um, I mean, what, let's see what's going wrong since you've. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We should go through this. Cause I was here for one of them. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, let's see. I think one of the interactives broke. I think we pulled a TV off a wall. I think we, let's see. There's Why something did you else pull a TV off a wall? Oh, well, the TV's not working. Then it's only, it's not even a year old TV. And so we have to send that for warranty replacement. Ouch. Um, and, oh, I was called a nincompoop. Um, like a weekend. And, oh, the big one, an entire Staba unit nearly fell to the ground on a visitor. <laughs> Like 10 visitors. On like 10, yeah. So I gotta, uh, so I gotta like interject and tell that story because I'm back in town this week and um, I was uh, doing some work on a, on a new History Channel show and I like we had just finished filming and I was showing the crew around because um, they're the same crew that did Master of Arms with me and so I was kind of showing off my work and um, I was in the hunting cabin and I heard clang, bang, and I'm like, um, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go check that out. So I like run out of the hunting cabin and I see this crowd of people in the military gallery and I'm like, well, I guess this might be it. And I've got my mask on and I'm wearing like a dress. And so like, I don't look like anybody other than like a tourist. And I come running in and I'm like, and, and there, and like the first thing I see is like these, like there's like a handful of dudes holding a Staba vertical rack up. And then like a crowd, a crowd of people being like, no, move it more to the left to the right, trying to get it back on like its track. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, you know, what's going on guys? So then as I'm like calling the back door, um, you know, security comes running through, doesn't see me. And I'm like, guys, just for the record, I'm here. Not that I'm helping, but like I'm here. <laughs> and then I called Danny twice, he doesn't answer. And I sent him a text that said, uh, DEFCON 1, call me back. <laughs> and two points in that one for our visitors or for not our visitors for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about when we say Staba rack. So part of our museum display is really open storage in these converted sliding art racks uh, made by a company in Germany called Staba art. And they, people love them. Like people, they're really cool. They look cool. Um, people enjoy them. They're a pain in the butt to maintain uh, and work with, but they're too cool not to use. And for the record, though, they were like in use for the past five years, six, no, six or seven years, and we never had a problem, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm this is the saying, first one that's like. I'm not saying. 
that's because that's because like I've actually tried to help people with like when they give us a research request for something that's in one of those and they're just a pain to take a gun out of them to actually look out. Um, but yeah, anyways, since we put them on the main level, they've gotten a lot heavier use. And this actually leads into another issue that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, that's what Saba is. It's big vertical racks of guns in open storage that people can slide in and out. And this one like came entirely off its track. There's also a second point that I was about to make in all of that, and now I can't think of it. In the meantime, I think you should tell the nincompoop story because it is good. Well, that, you're telling that story reminded me of the fact that also in the past two weeks, we've had two separate instances of visitors caught on camera, like actively destroying exhibits. And one oh, of yeah. them was the Stabas that yeah. then turned into an issue. Oh. Uh, well, so one family came through and would pull out those racks that then nearly broke on somebody else and like slam them home as hard as they could. Which I guess might've had, like it was over there. It was probably a contributing home. factor. Yeah. Um, and then some kid went through the museum and a bunch of the interactives are turned off and like two of the simulators are turned off. And so we had the guns probably at the beginning, we should have just taken the guns and like, just like taking them off their mounts and like brought them downstairs since they weren't in use anyways. But we but figured we were it's like, real... it's behind the table. Right. But we figured these are really hard to tether and untether. Like they're on these, we tried to put them on very secure things. And so it's like, it takes a lot of work. We'll just set them behind where no one can see them. What kind of person would climb over a museum exhibit and pull it out? Except this kid and his father who came through, dad stands there the whole time. Kid climbs over two separate times, pulls one of the guns out, breaks it off its tether. Like we thought these were secure, but now this kid just tore it off. Um, and then goes to the other one and like pulls it up barrel pointed at himself while dad looks on and like, pulls it out from behind where it was kept and then plays and with it. And let's just point out, I know we don't talk about value of our artifacts. That's a $100,000 unit, the one that he did. Yeah, Yeah, we don't talk about value of artifacts, but let's talk about the value of the Let's talk about the value of that one system. $100,000 to install those simulators. And we do not charge that much for people to use them. <laughs> yeah. Kid was just trash. Is this normal? Does, or is this just like Danny's the curator now, so the world has gone crazy? <laughs> um, we've had problems with interactives and stuff from time to time, but this was this was the worst since we've opened, I think. Yeah, this is not so did great. You, did, did they get in trouble? No, we didn't, because we didn't catch it till after the fact. So it's like, we can't, we don't have the tools to track them down, but. But Camila, we've got screen grabs. Daniel sent them to you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, it's been an eventful two weeks. And um, I was called a nincompoop. Yes. And this also goes into like something else that's kind of like gone, not wrong, but like has a new cultural connotation than it did two years ago when right. it was made. So you like, and so you've been kind of accosted on this subject multiple times now. Yeah, this has come up like multiple times within the past month. It started to become an issue before like the official transition date, but there's been at least two instances since Ashley left. And so, I don't know, it's been like two years since we first had this idea, I think. No, it's been two years since the mural went in, like was showcased, but we didn't have the idea right away. Well, yeah, but we, anyways, so it's we have a time. Right? What's oh, that? Yeah. So it's almost been two years, yeah. Yeah, because I picked it up like when the thing came out. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that doesn't matter. 
we have a Time Magazine mural from some number of years ago that we cannot decide. And it was done to represent the spectrum of the firearms debate in the United States. So there are people there that are super pro-gun. There are people there that are super anti-gun from everyday um, individuals to politicians and all sorts of people. It's like 245 or 250 people in a giant photo mural. And the digital version of this has it so that you can click on individuals and hear their unedited story. And the magazine version also had it in print form. But Time Magazine released a special edition about guns in America a couple of years ago. I saw it. I think I saw this on, I was on a trip traveling for work and I saw it in like a store rack as I was like buying some food or something. And I picked it up. And I was like, this is, this seems kind of interesting. I want to see what it's about. So I bought the copy of the magazine when it came out. And then we, I brought it back and I showed it to Ashley. Simultaneously, I wake up in the middle of the night. We're in the middle of the renovation, like construction and go, we need to have something on this wall of people people okay so like yeah so ashley's having this epiphany unknown to me and she doesn't know that i'm buying a magazine (laughs) i come back to the museum and like hey here's this really cool project about like guns in america at the time i think that's it's really interesting and so we read it and then ashley's like we should put that on this wall and i was like i was pretty hesitant at first because i was like this is you know that's a pretty bold move um but eventually we talked about it more and decided to go with it and time magazine agreed to let us reproduce the mural, um, which was and so really did cool. JR, the, the photographer. Yeah. And the photographer that did it. Um, they all, they both agreed to let us reprint it. Our friend Di Mueller, who is a three gun competitor who is featured in the mural. Was and a pro gun representative. Like, yeah. And a pro gun representative. She was instrumental in helping us get that permission and getting it here, reproduced it, put it up on the wall. It's been on display since July yeah. of last year. And of course, in this mural are a couple people featured wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. Initially, it wasn't that big of a deal. We caught a couple of grumblings about the mural in general, but it was never about a specific person per se in like depicted. It was always, you know, I don't like that you guys did this thing at all versus I don't like that you guys allow this person to be seen. But and shockingly so, positive. I mean, people really have. Yeah, the reaction overwhelmingly has been positive to the mural. Like, people understand that we were doing this as a cultural piece in a museum about guns. And as I point out on tours, like, this is, you know, we couldn't build a firearms museum in 2019 and not recognize that there's not a political debate going on about firearms. Like, that was important for us to recognize. And that's really what the mural is about. And so we get a few complaints here and there, it's nothing major. Fast forward to this year and the protests going on and especially among certain conservative circles, um, Black Lives Matter, the organization itself, like there's, cause I think it's important to understand there, there's an organization and then there's like a wider audience of people that are sympathetic to the slogan. Um, and the organization has been per- per- portrayed, maybe rightly or wrongly. Um, I personally haven't done a lot of research into the organization, but it's been portrayed and maybe even is um, considered very left-wing, what some people will call socialist or Marxist. So people that come to our museum then get upset that we depict it, a a few people. Uh, Anyway, so I had a a guy accost me in the galleries one day. I got a written complaint to this same effect, um, but nobody approached me about it. Um, So I'm walking back from lunch one day. There was a guy that I could tell was kind of upset talking to the front desk. 
I'm sort of just walking into the museum and then they must have told him that like I was out right now, but that he was welcome to talk to me later. And so he sees me coming in and he like makes a beeline for me in a way that, you know, like something's up kind of like, I want to talk to you. Not like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Um, and so he just starts like right into, he's like, I hear you're the curator. And I'm like, sort of. And <laughs> I said, yes. Um, but in my mind, I thought sort of. Um, and so he's like, I find this museum really, I find some things about this museum really disturbing. And I was like, oh boy, where are we going? And uh, so he just starts into his, you know, comments about, you know, this mural is Marxist. It's anti-gun. The museum is now anti-gun. You know, he has friends. They always have friends that like believe this too, that I never meet. It's sort of like, it's sort of like grade school when like your friend had like this super hot girlfriend in like Portland or somewhere that you never met. And he just had a picture. I don't know if that was a thing like among girls and their pretend boyfriends, but it was a thing among guys and their pretend girlfriends. We can talk about that later. Um, anywho, <laughs> these guys always have friends that are totally made up and believe in their complaint hundred percent. And so he just lays into me about it and he's, and I'm like, I tried to stand my ground and I said, look, this is why we did this. I think it's important to have this. The mural is not about just because there's one person in there with a black lives matter t-shirt or even a few, uh, this mural is not an endorsement of any one person's political beliefs. It's a representation of the whole spectrum, but he wasn't having it. And so he goes away. I go away, go about my day. So this was a day before the Winchester collector show started and we were scheduled to work the show on Friday. So I go up, I'm working the table. I walk around the show, say hi to a lot of people. Um, it was a lot of fun, but then I'm sitting behind the table. just kind of working the, our table at the show and this guy walks up and he's like, I'd like to talk to somebody. And it's totally the exact same guy. I just saw him yesterday. He doesn't recognize me at all. Why though? Uh, because I had a mask on when I was in the museum, since employees are required to now that when we're in the building. And I think I had taken it down or something um, while I was sitting behind the table for a minute. And he walks up, doesn't recognize me. And he's like, I just visited your museum yesterday and I have a, I have a couple of complaints I'd like to make about it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And he goes, yeah, I talked to your curator about him over there yesterday, but that guy was a total nincompoop. <laughs> so it wasn't directly to my face. He thought he was telling like somebody behind my back, but it was was to my face. Like it's oh, multi-layered. So <laughs> it's so good. Um, and to his credit, he stayed and talked with me. And about three sentences later, he realized who I was, and he was like you might've been him. And I was like, yep, I was. And, but he stayed and he talked and we, we talked about it some more and I don't think I changed his mind, but it was, it ended up being a pretty positive conversation. So to the guy's credit, like he, he voices complaints and he never did it. Like he was other than like using, like calling me a nincompoop was more like, uh, he, he was never like overtly mean about it. He didn't like shout at me or anything. Um, so you can have disagreements like very strongly and still have a civil discussion. So that was positive, but it was just hilarious to me that he did not recognize me a day later. So good. What, 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 okay. So we just talked about like how the museum fell apart and people yell at you, but like, what's good about being curator? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember you're still employed by a center. I mean, it has been nice. We like, despite some things going wrong, like I feel like, it's been nice to be able to um, we have tackled a few things like 
you know, getting everybody all hands on board to fix the Staba issue was good. Um, there's been a positive potential acquisition. I don't think I can talk about yet, but um, yeah, I mean, there's been positives. It's just been like crazy busy and insane. And when you're like, when it's all a blur and I still have like 20 voicemails that I haven't been able to get to in two weeks. So um, it's, and you, for the record, every time Danny calls me, I just laugh. I just laugh because, yeah, you know, I've been too. calling Ashley to tell her these stories because like I didn't know who else to tell. And she's just like, retirement's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny to me because I don't think anybody really like gets how much work there is to being the curator until you're forced to do it. And like, you know, it's funny because like when I was like writing my curator notes for you so that you like kind of knew the status of a lot of stuff um, and some ways to go about dealing with things at the center, um, you know, you like, I almost forget until I left the position, like how crazy it was, you know, like you like get used to it after a while. So you don't even think to tell you about it because it's just like what you do, you know? And I think that's why we like normally we wouldn't, do, I mean, we already sort of did an episode about like the day-to-day -day life of like what it's like to work in a museum. Yeah. And I guess the reason we're revisiting it is just because like the last two weeks were so crazy. Like every once in a while you'll have a person that wants to complain about something like no big deal. We can deal with that. Every once in a while you'll have a visitor that just totally mistreats the exhibits. Like it happens. It's just a part of museum life. And like, you'll have cases that something breaks on it or a mount that starts to slip. Like those issues happen, but man, it's just all been wrapped up in like an exponential way in the last two weeks. Like it's weird. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so what have your two, so like, I guess I need a status report. Like I'm supposed to like check in on what you're doing as emeritus, emerita. Emerita. Um, well, I mean, it's not like we haven't talked like almost every day, but well, <laughs> well, for the real. sake of the visit, I keep saying visitors for, the, for the listeners. What have I been doing? Okay, so retirement is awesome. I have not felt this de-stressed. Is that a word? No, not de-stressed, but like de-stressed. I don't feel stressed. Like I am just. Like, it's so much fun. It's so cool. Um, you know, it was definitely like, you know, one of those moments where like, of course it's sad. Like when I like let, walked out of my office the last time, like I was sad, but like, I really think I did pick like the exact right moment in my career to just, you know, move on, you know, before I got a hundred percent burnout as curator. And then, you know, was a, just a grumpy Gus all the time. It's getting close. But, you know, like, I think it was the right, the right moment for me. And so I, you know, moved down to Arizona and I've been having fun because I'm doing the social media posting for the, the CFM and I am starting a new series um, called, I, well, tentatively called History in Action, uh, where like I take, because like we can't shoot the collection. Well, I have a bunch of historic guns. My husband has a bunch of historic guns. Arizona is full of a bunch of historic guns that you can shoot. And so I'm going to try to maybe every week, maybe once a month, we'll see, you know, how often I can get out to the range. I've already been shooting more, I feel like, since I retired, quote unquote, than like the entire time I was curator, uh, and, and shoot these historical guns. So from loading to shooting the gun to unloading the gun, um, you know, just kind of showcasing that. And so the first one I did was the Mossberg Brownie, um, which is one of my favorite guns. It was Mossberg's first, you know, firearm. Um, and it's just, a, it, it's a pepper box, but like, 
it looks like a normal semi-automatic pistol, but then you, you know, uh, break open the breech and you've got a four barrel, you know, system with a rotating firing pin. And so it was just neat. First off, it was awesome to shoot. Uh, I may also add my own gun reviews into this. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but if I can make it funny or not, and if I can't make it funny, then I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, so that's been fun doing the social media. But like I, I said to my husband last Friday, I think it was, it was just cool because like I woke up, didn't set an alarm. Um, you know, I had a two hour conference call with one of the companies I'm represent I'm not representing, but I'm, you know, working on as an expert witness. Um, you know, I talked to them for like two hours and then I got off of that call and I had a text message from my showrunner for one of the shows that I'm a producer on. And he was like, Hey, can you take a look at this? And then I shifted gears and went into TV production mode and was reviewing like tapes of an Olympian <laughs> shooting guns. And, um, you know, so I, you know, reviewed that and, you know, called him and gave him my opinion. And then I went to lunch and then I came back and I was doing, you know, Cody Firearms Museum stuff. And so I've always been like a person that like the nine to five, like same thing, you know, and that probably is why I liked Cody so much because even though we have like a quote unquote nine to five, we do do different things all the time, but it was just kind of cool to like, with my, like for my brain to just shift gears into so many of those different cool things. And then I got to come back to Cody um, this week and I've been, and we were actually filming the part of the first episode here. And um, I was, I am on camera for that. I wasn't going to be, but now I am. Um, and so I was able to, um, you know, take my, you know, minimal influence as a lowly producer to the showrunner and get them to come to Cody um, for this new show, which was cool because then it like merged, you know, my passions with the center of the West and, you know, and then also my love of, you know, writing content for other people to say. <laughs> and uh, I think it's gonna be cool. I can't say much more about it. Um, I met the host for the first time and I think he's great for the camera and, and it, I, I really think it's going to be good. But of course, I also thought Master of Arms was going to be good. And it was good, but it was canceled. So you got canceled. Okay. Um, oh, cancel call! I was canceled. I feel like I'm not ready to. Am I not that using yet. that in the right way? I think I think not. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me nobody's called you a nincompoop in the last two weeks? Uh, is what I'm hearing. No one has called me a nincompoop. I'm trying to think. And to the range and shot. I've been, the, I've been to the range. Um, I shot a bunch of guns. I although technically I did that too, so I guess I can't. Yeah, you know, I've shot, um, or I've I've not set alarms for the most part, except for when you guys made me do that 7 a.m. podcast recording that we can't run because it was so boring. Yeah, we've we've still been recording episodes for y'all, but um, that was not the one that was so boring at 7 a.m. Oh. Oh, um, but like my house caught fire. Oh, that was before. No, my house didn't catch fire. There was a brush fire near my house, but that was before I left my position. Yeah, that was that was pre-transition. So honestly, things have been great. Sorry, Danny. I'm really enjoying it. I, you know, it's cool, and it, and then it's cool. Like I've done a couple of interviews post CFM, and like I guess you know when you when you're representing the CFM in an interview, you know you've got to you know, really plug the museum and, and really be very focused in the way that you, you know, come off because you're representing the institution. And I'm not saying that I've been going around like dropping F-bombs everywhere and like making grand political statements. Um, but, you know, the, like, I can still talk about the- Am I about to get know. some emails because of your <laughs> interviews? Maybe. 
Maybe. But like it's like I did gun talk and then I, I, I had gun freedom radio and that um, will be you know released next week. And, you know, it's just cool because I'm able to you know talk a little bit more about my other jobs. I feel like, you know, technically I could have talked about all my side consulting in the past, but I always made sure that my, you know, interviews in the past when I was running the museum were 90 you know, 90 to 95% focused on the CFM. And so for, you know, the past really almost 10 years, I've been answering the same questions over and over again. You know, what's your favorite gun? What's your visitation? And I'm pr like happy to do it because it's good for like people listening that don't know that stuff. But like now I feel like I get to like mix it up. I've talked about armed feminism. I've talked about bump stocks. I've talked about assault weapons. Um, you know, like it's just, it's nice to be able to like take mo more modern concepts and really start talking about the historical lineage of them and not feel like, you know, you've got to really temper, um, a lot of what you're saying. I, and it makes it sound like I'm making really gross, like political statements. I'm really not. You can listen to them. I mean, maybe some people don't like what I'm saying, but it's been very refreshing to, to have conversations about other things. As your, as your friend, that's really great. I'm very happy for you. As the person who took over your job, that's so great. I am so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta pay your penance, Danny. You know. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta earn your stripes, and then. That's right. What's that? Right. Are you crying? Like. What? No, I said that's right. Oh, I felt like didn't it, Camila? Didn't it sound like he was? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He just said that's right. <laughs> oh, I heard that's right. That's <laughs> So that's the last two weeks at the, in the job. I can't think of any other crazy things that have happened. Um, the last two weeks in the lives of Danny and Ashley. Well, I will say that um, you guys dropped your ball on the podcast. We're recording this on Thursday morning when usually we are way better at that. So that's my fault. Well, it's not my fault. It is my, I don't I know. just, I'm just saying it's like the, it's the, it's like the changing of guards. We're just trying to get used to Listen it, figuring to it out. I'm just really important. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my I previous time slot was taken up by okay, being called a nincompoop. Oh, and also we should point out. So like I, my, my bad this week because the filming was, you know, 12 plus hour days, but also like the first time we, had a podcast recording when Danny was curator. He was late. That is true. He and was he wasn't late. responding to any of our text messages. So I would say this is a 50-50 failure on our part. And nobody's commented on how tan I am. That's that's really that's really terrible for you. You look you look the same. <laughs> I like your Thank red you. hair. But you've had that for a while. Well, but I have real, like, I've got, like, aerial red in there now. I'm edgy now that I'm not, you know, representing oh. an academic institution. I put fire red in my hair. Danny. And Danny shaved his beard. I did. That was other news. I decided to be slightly more professional. And After, apparently, there were mutton chops. But I'm not, I've not seen a picture, so I don't believe that it existed. There is photographic evidence of mutton chops. Um, but that was, I tried to go full Civil War and... Yeah. Well, I think that we're done. Bye. Danny's got things to do, and I've got to. Wow, Danny has nothing to add. That's, that's a first. That's a first. He's busy. All right. Got right. the whole world in his hands. All right. Bye, bye guys. Bye. Are you gonna say bye, Danny? I already said bye a long time ago, but end it right here.